0: Welcome to Hire Tech, powered by CodeUp. We're a podcast about hiring entry level technical talent for your teams, where we interview new developers, data scientists, network engineers, cybersecurity professionals, and the people that hire them. I'm your host, CodeUp CEO and lifelong developer, Jason Strawn. In today's episode, we're speaking with Mike DeFelice, who is the CTO and co-founder of Cyber Fortress. He's also the principal, uh, former principal data scientist at Jungle Disk principal architect at Rackspace and um he's incubated data science practices at a few companies and advised the CodeUp data science program when we decided to launch that a few years back so welcome thanks for being with us Mike
1: Yeah no I'm, I'm happy to be here yeah you yeah, I, I remember that we had some fun back then I'd sent some paperwork we 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 did some we did some, uh, we did some uh, recruiting and uh, uh, some curriculum development stuff. How's that been working out for you, by the way?
0: Well, that's well. You're here, so a couple of years later, well, <laughs> we're, you know, we're creating and graduating data scientists that are getting hired and going out and working in field, and it's really been remarkable. And you know, years ago, when we decided to to explore launching that program, Mike, you you were one of the first people that we went to, and we said, you know, what should we be teaching these folks, and what do they need to know to get into field and to you know to make an impact and you were you had opinions and, and uh and we're thankful for it because you know a lot of that is still stamped into what we do yeah and
1: then a thousand iterations later without my involvement you've got a great bring up oh, <laughs> so that's okay. cool again i'm happy to be a part of that and and I'm, i was all i mean i still am happy to be a part of you know our, our community in san antonio and it's, it's it's an ecosystem about like uh you know like I'd like to think building substantive companies, but the, you can't do that without having great talent. Um, and um, you guys are part of
0: that. So, um, yeah, you know, thank you. Well, what you know, and, and and you know, Mike, you've you've been on the cusp of that around here for quite a while. Um, really, before there there was probably a name for for half of the things that you've done and do. For some of the companies that have really been on the the cusp of creating in, in our market, you've been right there where kind of computer science and data science met and uh, helping create and advise and, and iterate on that that edge of technology. So you know, starting back before you you had you know titles like CTO, um, but we're working at the kind of companies that were making a difference in town. You know, what was what free. was the beginning? What was the beginning? yeah titles are free. but what was the beginning of your journey into into this tech career that that's put you where you are today?
1: so i'm gonna i'm gonna I, I, again, i uh, i I think that the the beginning is just like a basic idea, right? Where you have a choice between you know two things and and um you know i I, I tend to like choosing the one that could potentially have the coolest story associated with it, right? so you know, and, and I got really lucky. I think, I think that luck plays like, I mean, everybody can like do cool work and work and, you know, like, um, but like, uh, I was I was very fortunate to be, be along the ride for some cool stuff and being able, hopefully to make a great impact, a lot of cool stuff. So it started, um, you know, I grew up in, in, in Pennsylvania. I got a, a degree in computer science and minor in math. And this was, uh, this was before like, a lot of like the, the problems with the uh, financial stuff. And I, I got a job at a college and it was fun, but I worked for uh, uh, the first thing I worked at uh, college was like a startup, man. And I I learned a lot, basically that, you know, that thin line between, you know, uh, investor back startup and Ponzi scheme. Um, And I was young and naive and worked really hard. And, you know, sometimes I did the, the, the Pavlovian way that sometimes people get paid and um wow. Right. But, you know, I learned a lot. And and I think the key, the key thing about that was I, I had a lot of responsibility, or at least I felt like, I mean, like I was made to feel like I had a lot of responsibility very early. And, um, I, 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 I kind of liked that. I liked, I liked building to then delivering on it and learning, um, what needed to be done to, to kind of succeed in that space, uh, until that space didn't succeed. Uh, and uh, you know, then like like a lot of people, uh, I had another really amazing opportunity and that was to be a, a consultant. I mean, so like young, like early, early twenties, flying around the world as a partner for Dell. Uh, I, I had worked in enterprise storage and uh, basically it involved a couple of things like one, you're you're unboxing and building like a bunch of really expensive, fancy like servers and like EMC storage systems and like rotating data, like fiber channel switches and knowing how to like plug them all together and and make them work. And then there's like diligence check stuff. But I, I think the most fun part for me was just, once it's all built and, and 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 tested and working well and updated you got to you got to teach these people like like how to use it and and you're you're kind of like Santa Claus in that respect you know like like you go and 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 you build something cool and they're looking forward to it and they spend a lot of money on it and they want to make sure that like this is going to be people's jobs moving forward right so uh, there was always like these really great moments um kind of like after that was built, where you could make real connections with people about this stuff, and and uh, you know, on top of that, this was back when data centers were a thing. So you know, I got to do this in data centers all over the country, and sometimes out of the country, and it was like super, super fun. And that was fun until you know it didn't become fun anymore because you know, consulting is really stressful on on you know any kind of personal lives and traveling and whatnot. So uh, that led me to move to San Antonio. And i had worked uh, for an oil and gas company that, I um, mean, it was Tesoro, then it became Endeavor. And now I think they've acquired about the marathon. But um, I did like uh, uh, things like storage engineering, architecture, virtualizations, stuff uh, in, in technical operations in oil and gas. Um, and there you kind of become very reverent to the idea that um, Uh, how 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 your role play in part of like a big like sensitive business model i mean the company was bringing in a lot of money through its servers um it did uh its primary business model wasn't technical operations in the data center his business model was like uh you know refining petroleum products and selling them at retail stores and marketing them and you know we were a huge cost center and and again we did a lot of really fun things and i work with a lot of really great people Uh, that that stopped becoming fun what you know for me at least when it became very predictable. And uh, you know, there's 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 a lot of limits. You know, you, you can't you can't change a lot in an environment like that when your goal above all else is to change as little as possible, you know, like like risk as little as possible. So but I, I developed like a huge reverence for that. And I think that uh that's that's one of the you know, the earlier moments where you know I realized that in 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 working in you know, whether it's in development or, or operations or any kind of like tech, it's being very conscious of how that plays into the company's goals, the business goals, the investor's goals, the employee's goals, and what part of that you want to play in, which is what led me to 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 work more on like the, the product development and, and like new business, you know, opportunities side of, of tech, which, which I always found more fun because there's, a, you know, it, it was fun for me. There was more investment. There was more room for play and experimentation. And is you know, I, I found that as long as you can align, you know, what 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 you want to do in your interests with you know where the business is going, you know, you, you, there's no limit to kind of the fun things that you can do. And that's eventually what like kind of led into data science, Jason. Like the idea of being able to you know use data that you know people just stored, whether for compliance reasons or whether it's just for option value. It was cheap, right? Um, For years and years, and I I remember and I first kind of got a taste of this this logic at, you know, from from the EMC people when I was working at Tesoro, where, you know, instead of just selling storage systems to, you know, the CIO of an organization for, you know, you need to store this, you need to never lose this. So here's a, you know, a million dollar storage system makes it happen. You know, they they found a market in selling it to like CFOs and CMOs, saying like, "Hey, you collect everything and you analyze it later, and your next billion dollar opportunity could come out of that." And and I thought that that uh um and look, there's a lot of marketing behind that, but I thought that that was a very powerful and compelling and thing. And and, and probably my 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 start in data science was was that idea seeded that you could you could discover something that could change not only. You know, a business making money is interesting, but it's kind of only interesting to people that are getting the upside of that. I mean, imagine like the system of like dozens, if not hundreds of employees that play into that and and, and what they do. And, you know, I, I thought that, that being a part of, of, of that system just was incredibly cool. So at every opportunity that I got, you know, I, I kind of went as deep as I could to try to add value in that space. And I was able to do that uh, starting with things like, decision analysis you know, um, uh, like which products are working better than others which are cannibalizing others where investment should be put um, I, I work with 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 jungle to figure out um, uh, um, you know what was true about the company's finances where investments should be made um, where where changes to uh, where we could help drive customer behavior changes that would would better the the platform for all customers um, and then which led it at cyber fortress the the idea of uh, Filing some IP in this space, and and uh, you know, uh, building predictive models that you know don't just like work theoretically or, or or exist in a bubble, but you know you can work with world-class actuarial consultants to validate and and turn into a product or for people to use. I thought that was awesome. And then the process of doing that, this idea of we only scale so far without you know helping you know getting other people on our, our on our mission with us, and about looking around, you know, and, and I knew a lot of people, but looking around um, San Antonio for for talent to help, you know, grow these practice areas and scale these practice areas. And, you know, maybe I wasn't looking hard enough, but I, I came to the conclusion that um, similar to, and, and you, you can talk, you probably know more about this, but like similar to what I saw at Rackspace with this idea of developers and DevOps, where, you know, it was something new and something very valuable. You didn't exactly define it and it could meet a hundred different things and trying to get a handle on it, usually met companies hiring dozens and dozens of people and taking big risks. And, um, and I remember I bought, um, I bought LinkedIn and we posted some incredibly compelling, uh, you know, almost comically compelling job offers for senior level ML and data science people join just to see like what was out there. And um, largely, you know, we, I came to the conclusion that like, if if we were going to scale this team, uh, we we needed more grassroots approach. Hence what I appreciated about what you guys were doing to where, you know, like there's a certain element of what what did we, I I don't mean to be rude using this word, um, but like the idea of, I think we talked about like an idea of like a useful data scientist, right? Somebody that could be plugged into a product process or a business process where um, if there weren't. If data needed to be retrieved, there were the skills there. It wasn't waiting on inputs. I wasn't waiting on a CSV file. If data needed to be cleaned, there there were skills, um, and, and not just skills, but like willingness and like drive and excitement to kind of make sense of a mess of data. And then on top of that, having a, a skill set to apply, and I think the word apply is great because a lot of these great tools and ecosystems have been built, they're open source, they're 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 funded by some of the largest cloud companies and a lot of the research the academic research that goes into them is um it's it's made incredibly accessible to to people that 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 can run experiments and test experiments and and learn learn code and 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 learn in data science specifically i think the best thing is like learn how to know how far wrong you are right like what's what's accidentally good what's uh you know is this okay and if it is okay you know, what are, what are some processes that might be able to make it better? And I, and I think that there's a lot of success in that, in that pursuit. And I, and I, and I'd like to think that, um, I mean, how many, how many people in San Antonio now are working in, in the, in this vast data science field uh, because of this program that you guys have created Dakota?
0: Oh yeah. Hundreds. Yeah. And it's
1: not just San Antonio. I'm not trying to yeah. imply like a little local, local thing, but I mean, I, I yeah, but
0: it's Texas.
1: Yeah. I think it's great, man. I think it'll like, uh, like. Get you on, but,
0: um, oh, yeah, the Department of Labor thinks it'll outpace all other industries, by you know, like five figure. x, five x in yeah. the next ten years. So no, without a doubt. And, you know, Mike, there's so much here to unpack of what you're talking about. This could be a twelve hour long podcast, <laughs> wow. but no, you're great. there's so much here No, it's 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 phenomenal. But what I'm hearing is actually this really interesting thread that I don't know if you're hearing or I'd like to hear your thoughts on it as you talk about, Everything from going from like consulting into kind of architecture and new biz opportunities and discovering, creating usefulness uh, and right. scaling a company. the theme though that I keep hearing in each of these endeavors, and I just I keep picturing in my brain Tron, right? Like the old original Tron movie, where you know he talks about fighting for the user. And what I hear from you is saying when I was putting in data storage physically, Going to all over the world and hooking up racks, it helped people. My consulting helped people. It kept the, they they got jobs. They got training on how to have jobs to keep this up. And then you talked about how even going into the technical kind of operations how it impacted the business and people and their goals as humans. And then you you know talked about how data science was allowing business to be more fun and more room for fun and experimentation. And anyway, as we just keep going, I continually hear this theme about the end user. And I'm, I'm curious, how has that driven or played a role in how you approach your career in data science and how you do the things you do?
1: Yeah, I wouldn't even simplify, but just saying end user, but like I've always tried to approach things like, uh, and, and I think, you know, as uh, systemically as possible. I mean, uh, you know, think, think, I, mean, I even when I was doing like technical due diligence for, 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 uh, you have to think of things as like interconnected systems. And, and those systems are, technology is kind of like nuts because it changes constantly. You know, you can have two competing products that are like sine and cosine waves simultaneously one day one is better here one day is another and and the, the product itself you know it you know has its cool moments um, and all of them have their cool moments but largely the cool moments are you know the people that ride those sine waves and cosine waves you know like with and make kind of cool careers and, and do things out of them right so i think that um i think developing an appreciation for technology as it exists in in a system of of, of like people trying, you know, to build things of su- substance over time. Um, I, I think that you can't have any, like, snapshots are fun to look at and, like, kind of pick up. But I think that the context specifically is, like, over time and underlying any kind of technology, there's, like, systems of people and systems of other interests involved that, that all kind of play out to, 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 to wh- the, you know, the, the why something is important now or why it could be important to, to, into the future. And it just, uh, it's, I just like people maybe, you know, like, so I, 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 I think it's yeah. kind of cool. And, and uh, everybody's got to like bucket or categorize why some things are interesting. I find the things that you press a button and a computer program runs and the computer program ends and it calculates something or, or shows them on the screen. Oh, yeah, I, that's cool, right? You made a computer do something, right? But what's even cooler is when, you know, that, process becomes part of of a process of like, you know, people working or, you know, a process of um, one of the things that I'm starting to appreciate also is this myth of like data science, automating and replacing people's jobs that absolutely like call BS on, on, I mean, may, maybe, maybe a small amount of it, but I think that uh, largely what I see is it's, it's, it's people driving this, not for like and I guess, if, uh, you know, you could use the word efficiency for that, but the intent is never to replace people or replace a bureaucracy. The intent seems like the underlying intent seems like, you know, more, better, faster type of things, right? And and, and I think it's 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 creating more opportunities for people. And I think that, um, yeah, a great example is what, what should, my favorite example of applied machine learning, right? And, and this has been my favorite for a long time is... Um, the Google Photos app, right? You remember, like the first time you're able to type in like "cat," and it showed you your pets, right? Or or this, yeah. right? So, why I think it's allegorical is, um, you know, I think it's it it it, it it's it's system where like for decades, people have just been throwing data here, throwing data here, throw, throwing data here. And the idea is it's, it's, it hasn't been really doing anything, but it's been trivial and cheap to store. And one day, the option value to, 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 to kind of do a one plus one equals three story on, right, comes out with these new algorithms. And then the applications of these algorithms are that that didn't take anybody's job. I mean, it's not like there was some dude at Google, like, or something, you, know, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> No, <laughs> you, know, like it,
0: it, it didn't
1: happen, you know, like, um, uh, but, but at the same, but at the same time, you know, as that, as that developed, you, you have a, um, you have this app that at one point it was very like ephemeral. It existed. It was very, ex- it existed at the moment and, and you stored stuff and it would became. It, it, you know, think about how people use that. They used it as a, a way to, um almost like a habit i need. i know i need to record this but like what the hell am i going to do with that and i've got twenty thousand pictures of my kid right i don't what i'm not going to look at them but but i'm I'm recording right and uh you know today i get notifications on my phone and it's not just from the, the google photos it's from other players in the space because it's relatively you know uh established technology to make sense of pictures now um but uh you know, and it's it's hey, let's take a moment to reflect the vacation you went on last year i I you know like this bot you like that's really cool right and and yeah. and and you know, is there a business value of that sure, it makes people like the platform better and eventually spend more money on Google store whatever right whatever and I yeah. think that um I think that uh, as far as an example of like technology serving humans right where where uh you know applied data science. Uh, it didn't replace somebody's job. Um, It genuinely like solved this problem of making sense of like the, you know, if if humans are natural hoarders, right? Like we just like hoard (laughs) stuff forever. Right. And we've been doing this for decades. Um, I I think that that's proof right there, uh, both like tangibly and allegorically that in in the future, more stuff like this is going to happen. And we're going to see a flip where instead of people, you know, reflecting that they've been spending a decade in front of the screen and what did they get for it to, to, you know, stuff happening behind the scenes. So um, I I think that being a part of that is, is a very um, worthwhile pursuit.
0: I agree. And I love that. I love your perspective on it that what i you know one thing that i wrote down there was value isn't a zero sum game or adding value isn't a zero sum game right that there, there's not this finite amount of value that exists in the world and and by adding to it you're taking away from something else because yeah like you pointed out with the the photographs to take it to the next step i have a kid who goes to summer camp well every year if you signed all the right forms you got access to all the photos from summer camp And so you got these like 300 pictures of what happened that week at summer camp, and you go through them and find all the ones with your kid in them. Well, now you just select which one's your kid, and you only get a folder that's all the pictures that your kid is in. And it's like, oh, this is great. Like I don't have to go through all the pictures that don't have my kid in them, because some algorithm went through there and said, here are the 38 pictures that your child is in. This is great. It didn't take away the photographer's job at camp. If anything, I now buy the silly package for 20 bucks or whatever extra. It probably has made their job more sticky, not less sticky by adding this applied machine learning to their already existing process that made me as a customer happier and more willing to part with my American Express card number to purchase more of their product. Um, it's pretty amazing. And it did it add value to my life. I get to now see more pictures of my kid because I'm more willing to sit there and flip through all the pictures, knowing that he's in all of them because some some algorithm told me he was. The other thing though, that's really interesting here is I want to make this on a t-shirt, but you talk about this this journey of learning and taking computer science and applying it to kind of this these, the, the, these mass storage units of data that people just kind of hoarded and going, hmm, I wonder if there's, there's value in this data. And of course, that's become an entire industry. And you talk about kind of what a useful data scientist is, right? How they need to be plugged in and have willingness and drive and excitement and skill sets to apply. But it sounds to me, the phrase that I extracted that, again, I'm going to put on a t-shirt is, what's accidentally good? What's accidentally good? And that's an interesting way of looking at data science. Well, that's what you had said. Uh, I grabbed that phrase from you of using data science, right? Using applied data science to discover from data what was accidentally good, right? What were the good things we didn't anticipate were so that we can capitalize on those, for lack of a better phrase?
1: Yeah. Uh, and, and, and then... You know, and so so one of the other the other things is is that you need to so there are there are dangers associated with all of this, all right? Like back to the like whole systems of people and interests and stuff like that. So I know that as like as we're talking, you go on Netflix and you can get this shit scared out of. I don't know, how I was supposed to say something, but you, you could get yourself scared, or maybe um at, at best you could get yourself um uh, disillusioned with this idea that big companies are turning you into an angry clicking and buying machine. And whatnot. And, and I think that um, I think that's part of the process. OK, I mean, it's just it's resources and amorality and it's part of this growing up. Right. I, I optimistically believe that that all of that is part of this growing up, just like with the, the example of like the, the pictures of your kid adding value. I mean, there's some creepy aspects to that, too. And I think that like we're at a stage right now where uh, being recognizing this is just part of it growing up. Right. And 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 part of the technology making sense. But yeah, I think that um I, I think that as far as um whether it's modeling or testing an, an investment idea or I think that the the best thing and, and I and I get this in, in talking to some of your graduates as well, but like, you know, to get into the mindset of at, at the core, you know, let let's call it. The pursuit of data science, because I don't think it's ever—it's not going to be done, right? It's a practice, like we we these terms like it's a practice. It's not a—it's not a finality. It's not like a checkbox, right? And maybe at one point to some people, you know, hiring a data science, ah, oh, check now all my problems are solved, right? But it's 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 more of a um, it's more of like a pursuit, right? And I think that there's a general philosophy that that I have with that pursuit, and that's it's about having tools and ecosystems to help figure out how to test hypothesis and like messes of data, but specifically you're always going to be off. Right. You know, so like when there's success, there's, and I don't want to say like it's completely randomized or or accidental, but like, even in the process that you teach, I mean, like, I I think that there's supposed to be elements of and elements of randomness in it. It doesn't work unless unless you don't introduce like elements of randomness to it. I think it's just recognizing that, that luck and chance plays into part of it. And what you can control is your your process and what you think of stuff. And, and always approaching it as like, well, why is this true? Or how could this be wrong? Or why is this right? Or what is this saying? And not not ever, you know, putting a pin into something and being like, this is now true forever. So if I were to classify like applied data science and and its value to organization as like a philosophy or a movement, I think it's like you know stop using business analysts to justify decisions that were already made uh, or to check a box and it's about let's change our mindset to we have this incredible trove of of historical data that we can make sense of and sometimes we're not going to be able to make sense of it in a certain time sometimes we're going to have like three or four things that it could suggest so it's going to create more work but um the pursuit of keeping an open mind to to figuring out the truth of it and the pursuit of of approaching it in the methodologies and practices like data science, kind of uh, outlines, I, I think is very, very good for an organization, and, and I like being a part of that and, and seeing. Does that make sense?
0: No, but yeah, I, would, no, I love it. I think it makes. I, I don't play that it's all at like like
1: because yes, I'm a huge proponent that luck is is so underrated and so underreported as like the like a contributor to, to organizations or personal oh, right, absolutely. Um, and um, so I, I don't want to say that, like you know, but I think that it's, the process is like accidentally stumbling upon something through, you know, a methodology that's that's sound and 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 makes sense that you it's repeatable. But I think that that recognizing that and recognizing points of adjustment and going so I think that with data science it's more of like a process or a pursuit rather than an outcome. And I think that. Uh, as long as you keep that outcome undefined and you keep it as far away as the metaphorical or allegorical checkbox, you know, like, up, oh, it's done. I've paid for this. It's, it's now done. Or we've modeled this. We will never have to model this again. I think that that's where it starts adding a lot of value. And that's where a lot of people like being a part of it. But It takes, um, it takes a lot of uh, support from like, a, like the philosophy or mindset to be successful. And I'm sure you've seen that, especially with your your partners as they're hiring or helping businesses
0: make decisions. It's interesting that you talk about kind of the hoarding of data. I remember, I got to go look it up. It was probably 2013, 2014. I spoke at this conference for CIOs. And I remember I had a slide that I was trying to tell them that data is the byproduct of software and users, right? Like it's, it's kind of the exhaust. Right, it's the thing that's left over. It's the it, it's the byproduct. If you have software and you have users, then you're collecting, you're creating and collecting data, everything from login data to you know usage. However, they're doing things, and that the big players, the smart people, have figured out that this data has tons of value. Right. And the more that we can understand the value from it, the more of a competitive advantage that we have. And here we are less than 10 years later. And we have a field, and people like you recognize that early and began to capitalize and utilize that earlier to create this industry that we have today. Where's it going next? What is the, the next realm for this applied machine learning? Now that we've discovered. That we've hoarded all this data and it has value, and we can discover some basic marketing and user behavior, you know, kind of things from it. And that's become the low-hanging fruit. What's this next wave that you know, folks like you are working on that are going to take us beyond autonomous cars? And who to vote for?
1: Oh well, um, I th- so I'm not trying to be cynical. I think the who to vote for part is just a byproduct of the angry clicking and buying. But that's besides the point. Uh, <laughs> I don't think that's the intent. Um, but 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 again, it's all about figuring it out. But no, um, one of the things that, that has been very, there's been a lot of investment into um, like neural net structures. You see a lot of people get degrees on different structures and applications of that. And um, I, I primarily play in like uh, like gradient boosting machines and decision tree analysis. But like one of the things that I think has been incredibly successful and I'll go back to the Google photos things is image analysis whether it be classification or whether it be, uh, like vectors of images or like, like videos stuff, as it applies to self-driving cars, it's, it's been incredible over the last couple of, 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 years. And it's gotten, it's, it's, it's gotten, um, very, very, very stable and dependable in the next few years. I mean, I, I see it help like, again, like self-driving cars are cool, but like, you know. A, I don't I'm not I'm not really a fan in concept like I, I don't think that they help a lot of people I think that like diagnostics like pre-diagnostic like like working with with physicians and and, and like radiologists or or, or or people that look at diagnostic images to help better make decisions I think that there's going to be huge opportunity for applications in that I think that as it results like being you know, people talk about like smart mirrors or smart glass or sensors to figuring out like little patterns and you know how a blood vessel moves that you know you can see with like a with a sensor. Yeah, I mean this is gonna sound gross, but like like toilets that can analyze like waste that can you know figure figure out like like but I I think that the the next logical step is 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 uh is pre-diagnostics and this idea of um uh you know most 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 people in the country and the in the world you know they, they see medicine as reactive so I can I can see this huge movement into leveraging like data collection machines and and data science and machine learning specifically i think that the success around convolutional neural networks for image processing and classification has just been incredible and even to the point where like you'll see these as examples in textbooks on you know like this this cell with a with a damaged cell or whatnot so i think that making that more normal but but and i'll use the word again i think accessible i I think that there's an ecosystem around accessibility to where you know, right now everybody's got this like smartphone, and that kind of makes uh, that data for you know, clicking or you know what accessible, right? So yeah. I, I think that I, I'd answer that by thinking about like what's the next level of accessibility, and I, I I would imagine that my house will have a a mirror in it, and that mirror will have sensors, or there will be something that I can install like in my plumbing that will have yeah. sensors, and I think that the benefit of those sensors are. Pre, like knowing that, like, like pre-diagnostics disease, yeah, maybe a decade before, or you know, like, I would like to see that. I think that that's more interesting than like you know a a, a company making more money, uh, which is yeah. I, mean, I think the byproduct of that. But um, or uh, sure. like financial vectors for for this types of investment or whatnot. So. You know, I actually had the pleasure to work with one of your grads that uh, that, that that came from, from a background in medicine and that went into data science. But um, I, I believe that's like by far like the future in that space. And, and if there were, yeah. um, uh, you know, people working through your program that wanted to, you know, invent in that space or be a part of something great in that space or big, I think that that's good. I still think that there's a opportunity for automation, like mechanical automation stuff or computer vision. And you know, like for, for people in the in the field, there's there's money to be made with helping people click on more ads. But um, I, I I hope that in the next couple of years, like the uh, the pursuit for that kind of talent, you know, doesn't just suck up the best and the brightest so that they can figure out like you know somebody clicking something a little bit faster or more. I think it right. I think it's gonna. I, I'd like to see it like serving more people, and I'd like to be a part of. I
0: that. love that. Like, Well, and and you're continuing that theme of fighting for the user, whether it's now, in the past, or the future. And I love that the data science is a superpower that can be used to make the world a better place. Uh, And I love this concept that my plumbing could save my life. Right? Like that's uh, could it totally? No, it's great. I think it's genius. Um, I want to live in the world that you dream of, Mike. That's that's the world that I want to be in. Uh, So as we think about this growth. This massive growth where even if you're a toilet company, you have opportunities for, for applied machine learning to create a better world, to create more upside business opportunities that really, as we think into the future, everybody, every company that is creating data, storing data, can learn from data, make better decisions, add more and create more value. And as that expands, one of the things that we've talked about, of course, Codeup's on the side of creating technical talent, including data scientists. You're on the side of pushing the envelope of what data science can do in the applied sense in the in, in the business community and world. Um, and you have hired a lot of people from Codeup over your last few roles and put them into field. How? as this world is growing and needs more professionals in the data science and, and, and software development disciplines, what have you learned? What would the advice be to you have to people that are hiring and expanding their teams with these skills to bring on this entry-level talent and get them productive in kind of these areas that we're discussing to create this, this future that, that you're dreaming of?
1: So first of all, I think you give me too much credit, but um, the, uh, no, so, so I think that, uh, I think your format makes a lot of sense. You pre-screen for like, it takes a lot for somebody mentally to want to do a career change, right? Like it, it takes a lot. Um, they they need to make sacrifices. They need to actually like mentally be like, well, I'm going to, you know, change my career. And as it relates to your, and, and, and you would know this more, I would always like think that like with your uh, developer track, right? It's more of like a, um, it could be used as you know, right after college, or maybe a replacement for parts of college to where it's 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 that part of the career. But your data science track more lends itself to people that have established careers that want to make a change. Is that is that correct, or, or bad?
0: Yes, most people in our data science track have had established careers, and most of them have more uh, uh, science-based uh, education, formal education as an underpinning or foundation.
1: As a baseline, the the process that somebody has to go through to to you know work with you guys and determine that this is the right move for them right that i i, I think that that you you know back to like hiring people right and whether hiring people like you, i can hire for skills and but but skills are going to change i mentioned like the sine cosine stuff like that so I, I like to work with people that that really care about why they're doing what they're doing because they tend to dig deeper, um, and, they, and you learn more by digging deeper. Um, I also um, admire, you know, grit. You know, like one one of the one of the things that that I've noticed in interviewing people for for, for data science, and I, and I don't mean this is disparaging at all, but I, I've noticed that a lot of um, People from a development background, if they don't know something, they can look it up easily, right? And when they look it up, it's 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 a lot of like, you know, you, you see these patterns where oh, this this worked here. I found it. Let's let's copy this, and and then there's no curiosity to, to why that worked, right? We always used to joke that like it's more dangerous for your code to work and you not know why it works than for your code to not know why it doesn't work, right? Or for you to not know why your code doesn't. Um, and and I think that that this, this element of curiosity and and working through problems that um, that may take you more than like an hour to solve um, is 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 absolutely key. And what I what I like about your process for for you know training training people or teaching people in data science is is that it's not about just knocking out answers. It's not about saying, well, this problem looks like this problem. This is how this problem was solved. So let's start there. And if we don't have anything better in an hour, then let's say this is the best it's ever going to be. Some of my most aggravating moments in in um, in, uh, in interviewing, uh, you know, uh, like entry-level, mid-level, and and um, senior-level data scientists is, you know, just five whys. Why, why this? Why this? Why, why'd you do this? How, how did this happen? And, you know, realizing that, that, that there's a lot of people that don't have uh, uh, the stomach to, to work through something that they can't figure out in a day. We work on problems that, We don't know if they're solvable or not. Right. So, I mean, like we would go weeks, months without a stepwise improvement to to something and um, uh, or something works well. And then that creates a stream where, well, it should have worked that well that fast. So we must have screwed something up. So let's now spend this week figuring out what we screwed up. Like why? Why does or, you know, you, you graph the output of something and it's in a shape that looks Far too, you know, ordered to be random. Like, like, did we screw something up? And how? I I think the process of just get getting getting people into this that are that are along for the journey, right? You know, and 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 have the the grit to solve problems, but also like are resourceful enough to to be able to hack those problems uh, both individually and, and and with with teams and make progress without giving up. And I think that that your program provides a decent foundation. One of the the things that I've noticed recently is is that uh, the foundation of data science used to be like statistics, mathematics, and and a lot of that was you know the the, the R language or Julia or, or something something like that that was very like mathematically driven. Um, and there are a lot of people in those ecosystems that uh, they can't work without a bunch of clean data presented to them, right? So that kind of like push 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 the stack back a little bit, and then uh, it's it's well we're hiring for for you know, applied data science people. We're also hiring for engineers and people that can handle streaming pipelines and and how to how to make sense of stuff while it's in flight streaming and, and and how to pull uh, and aggregate data that that is, is terabytes of CSV files like somewhere in like you know S3 or Google Cloud storage that uh, you might not know immediately. How to even like process that or aggregate that. So I think that um, you you guys have been doing a great job setting up a foundation for not necessarily like every single thing that you could ever possibly come up with in the process of doing data science, but but I think that it's a very strong foundation for like where to start and this selection of people that you know have the 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 curiosity and the and the and the grit to to go down and and, and dig until they find a great answer that they want to share. So I find that in general, like back like this grid thing, like uh, one of the gaps now is like, especially if you work at the cloud or, you know, you have a lot of data sense people that will work on laptops, right? Because you can fit terabytes of data on a hard drive and plug it into a laptop, right? But yeah. uh, but I think that uh, basic Linux, I think basic Linux skills working, like copying data between cloud servers, I think um, even simple tools, like, and this is, I don't know if we talked about this, but like, you know, not every file you can open up in a text editor, right? So think think like a, but like using Linux programs like SED or AUK or just like CAT with HEAD or, or like these basic idea of chaining little Linux programs together to, to be able to like do stream editing, I, I think um, is a great foundation. Um, and, and um, you know, to, to a lot of the extent you get like immediate gratification off of knowing stuff uh, with, with, with ML, but to with other programs you don't. Like, with, like one of my, my things that I hate working with is like the Spark ecosystem because you have to wait like minutes to get an answer back. Uh, um, it, just, it, it, it sucks, right? Cause it's, uh, it's, but I, I, don't know, I, I, I think foundation is great. I think that like, like a Linux foundation, I think like, um, uh, I mean, when we, when we were starting your program, I was advocating teaching people how to do everything in Excel first, because, you yeah. know, a lot of these science groups and larger companies, it's, 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 it's BI teams that have now been like given, given more work. Right. And, and the foundation for that is SQL and Excel and, you know, yeah. uh, a lot of multi multiple regression problems have been solved historically in Excel. Why why not teach that also, and then figure out how other other tools pick up where that left off, and add tests to that, and help you make sense of that difference? So,
0: yeah, a close friend of mine's a data scientist for a uh, government contracting agency, and. He's like, dude, I, I don't leave Excel and haven't in years. Everything they do is... Uh, but is there's cool.
1: nothing wrong with that, though, Jason. No. Like, ah. if, the if you process, can get it done. If, if, the, yeah, if the process is, 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 is using what you got, you're in a system of people and a system of processes to make sense of like, what's true in this space, being able to leverage those tools to create these outcomes or these, sure. these, these insights, and then being able to advocate intelligently for those insights to actually make things change. Is 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 then a, again a huge skill, and actually, I guess another thing that, unlike a lot of like like um, you know, let's say developer roles, I would argue that advocating for outcomes and and why you you've derived them um, is a, is a very key talent of, of a data scientist. Uh, you can't just have somebody you know putting numbers in an email with no context. I mean, people people le- like leverage that to make decisions. Those decisions could yeah. like affect real people in real ways. <laughs> so,
0: well that's the point of what you're doing. So throughout this this interview, throughout the last 45 minutes or so, what I've been doing is kind of keeping a list. You you know, you talk about these things that a useful data scientist has these key skills. And what I've captured and I'd love to to hear if you think I got them right was they 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 have a willingness. They want to do this, right? It, it, they're willing to do this. It's not just like I have to go look at the data. They have drive and excitement, curiosity. You could almost put like three marks by that one. They definitely need to be curious, have grit and resourcefulness, a skill set to apply. And then here at the end you talked about, and they need to have an ability to advocate for outcomes. So when you think about this, it's a multifaceted skill set and none of the things on that list we're being great at statistics or Python or pandas, or understanding this or that. Not that you have to have all of those because that does fall under. You have to have a skill set to apply. But it's really amazing to me that when you talk about the key skills of a useful data scientist, it's more about how they're approaching problem solving. Yeah, yeah it's, it's not a how they're problem solving. Practice,
1: absolutely. Um, now that being said, I think that like you know, statistics comes into play in the sense where you know, there's, there's a lot of foundational mathematics to, you know, if you're going to advocate for an outcome, knowing if that outcome is real or not, or or by chance or not. And, and, and I'm not saying like, you know, spend every, everybody in you know, that tries to, you know, come up with outcomes for decisions and advocates for them. I'm, I'm not saying that they should not do that part until like, you know, decades and decades Absolutely. of academic stuff. And I mean, definitely work with people and, and there's parts in this process for everybody. Let's put it that yeah. way. Yeah,
0: as you're working through the statistics, as you're working through the Python and the skills and practicing the craft, stay curious, stay resourceful, keep the grit, yeah. keep the drive, enjoy what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, do you, do, you, do you have grads that don't enjoy what they're doing? I sure hope not. Yeah, I'm sure. Not.
1: Not, right, man. You yeah.
0: Know? Oh, yeah. People used to ask me all the time back, especially when I ran a software development company. They'd say, Jason, how can you tell a good developer from a bad one? Like, how do you how do you only get the good ones? And I used to tell them the same thing, like a great guitarist plays guitar even when they're not on stage. Right. They They just really love playing guitar. And I think that's true. You can fill in the blank. Right. Somebody that's great at what they do. They're curious about it, even when they're not on stage doing it, even when they're not, you know, at their job and, you know, you find the people that really are curious and, and excited about their craft. And I'm going to show you somebody who will be excellent at their craft someday. And, you know, I want those people around me when I'm on the journey and that's who we try to recruit. So
1: we also said stuff like, uh, like a Navy SEAL spends most of their time in, in practice thing. or like, you know, in training and. Yeah. You know, not actually about doing the work right right i got a, got I, got a, of- a I got a fortune cookie once that i uh, was funny Uh-oh. as I said no no it's funny. it said it says genius is more work than just being a genius which is hilarious because again like it's the pursuit right like doing cool stuff is is not about doing cool stuff it's about like the the preparation the the process the surrounding yourself with people that also enjoy and, and want to be productive parts of that process and understanding all the forces, both like the incoming and external uh, and, and outgoing for like, you know, how you fit into that machine, because otherwise, you know, you, you could not be helping anybody, right? But yourself. Um, and then, you know, that, that, that's usually short lived. So I think, like, yeah, there's a, there's a large element of context to it. And I think that being, I think the practice of all of this is, 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 is creating, and you see this too. I mean, and, 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 and right now it's, it's, we're doing it in Texas, but, but I, I, you know, I'd like to think of it as a, as a movement that that could grow this idea of like substance or substantive um, development and, and, and pursuit of companies, right? It's not just about arbitrage. It's not just about me right now in this one moment, being this much smarter than you in this space and making a million dollars. And then surfing for the rest of my life, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's about, uh, you know, a substantive pursuit of being part of a system where everybody can benefit from. So, and I think data science very much plays into, into that, that philosophy.
0: I love it. Well, Mike, thank you for sharing uh, for this last uh, hour, whatever this interview, it's been uh, a trove of information for anybody interested or in the discipline of data science or data analysis. And I look forward to continuing to know you and to hear more about the future that uh, you're helping create and that we're all a part of. So thank you, Mike DeFelice from uh, Cyber Fortress. Where can people learn more about what you're working on now, Mike? online i mean yeah just search for cyber fortress and we'll find you
1: yeah i mean yeah that's that's fine you can i'm around town you can find me and i like people so you can
0: awesome well check out cyber fortress and what they're doing uh in their pursuit of applied machine learning and data science And of course, this podcast brought to you by CodeUp, where uh, you can check out how to hire your next data scientist at CodeUp.com. Thanks, Mike.